You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car query? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Here we go, Brian. We're ready and rocking and rolling. Stevie, Stevie's smiling too. How are you, bud? Hello, Eddie. <laughs> you got the camera. We're on video, are we? Yes, you're live, Eddie. <laughs> Uh, makeup. We need makeup in here. Yeah, we definitely need makeup. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We've got from uh, Metro Toronto Police, we've got two, actually. Two for the price of one. We've got PC Sean Shapiro and Sergeant Murray Campbell to talk about that car that went missing from your driveway last no, night. Not my driveway, but my brother-in-law lost a car recently in uh, in that way, and we saw some security footage, and uh, it's pretty easy to steal some modern cars. Really? Don't you hate when that happens? I was supposed to go to work. Where's my car? That's exactly it. And, and like you say, in the old days, it'd be like glass on the ground and stuff. Yep. Nothing. No, no, the car just disappears, and you never see it again. Just space. That's and right. We're going to talk about what you can do to try to prevent that from happening. And uh, we've got Christina Legowski on the phone with us today. We're going to be talking about her electronic car experience or electrical car experience, whether it was good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, stick around. You'll get a charge out of that one. <laughs> but, uh, You're so funny, Eddie. <laughs> there's my dad joke of the day. All right, and we've got our friend John Mark Carmichael from Omvic. Uh, He's going to be with us. You know, uh, so cars are so hard to find. I mean, you go out and buy a dealer's lot. What do you find there, Brian? Uh, not much these days. Air, like your buddy's driveway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, there's no cars. And uh, some people are opting to buy privately. I mean, they did in the past, but even more maybe looking private now. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of things you've got to worry about. There's a lot of things. So, yeah, John's got some uh, some tips for us. And for the car enthusiasts. For the car enthusiasts. And I would love to be at Motorama, but unfortunately I've got to be away. So Greg McPherson's here to talk about Motorama next weekend. It's the first time in a couple of years that Motorama is here in Toronto. Yeah, and they've had to spread out too, eh? I mean, you know, we got us old guys that, that live on breathing exhaust smoke and smelling gasoline, but that stuff's going to, is changing. It is changing. You know, I read a great story this week. There's a, a, a racing championship in Japan that is going to um, completely uh, non-petroleum fuel. Noise. Yeah, well, they're gonna they're gonna have, still have internal combustion engines, but the the fuel that they're gonna use oh, okay. is not petroleum based. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. Forget about EVs. There's there's all kinds of cool technology that's out there. But with with uh, with Motorama, there's gonna be lots of fun stuff. Classic cars, race cars, and uh, you know, if I were there, I'd be going and looking at the race cars. Well, they're realizing you know that they do have to change. I mean, you know, especially for example, I, I watched last week NASCAR had had they're trying to change it up. People are tired of watching cars going in a circle. Um, so they've added road courses to it. And, mm-hmm. and then most recently, last week, they actually put dirt because a lot of NASCAR, we're talking earlier about how 
you know, it's not like everybody's got a million dollars to go buy a race car. You got to start at the lower levels and work up. That's right. And and that's how NASCAR worked, where people would go on a regional track, which was a dirt track, flat dirt track, mm-hmm. and that they'd hone their skills and they'd put together a jalopy out of an old shopping cart and uh, Briggs and Stratton and. And, but that's how you learn. And uh, so they've had to change it up to make it more interesting. And, you know, they're doing a great job at NASCAR with, with that kind of variety. I mean, I, I love the fact that uh, they're doing more road courses this year because right. my, my sports car racing friends are getting rides as road car racing specialists in NASCAR. So it's great to see my friends racing in NASCAR. But they're doing a, they're doing a really cool job. And, and this year is more exciting because they've got the all-new cars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Le- yes. It's, in fact, it's changed the, uh, the – it's leveled the playing field altogether. Um where traditionally it was the same top four or five drivers. Well, you got guys that were technically bottom markers now mm-hmm. right up there at the top in points. That's right. You know, that's, that's the beauty of motorsport. There you go. Keep it uh, keep the parody and then keep it a little more interesting that way. All right, we're going to take a break right now, and after the break we're going to talk about missing cars. So if you hear a siren, don't worry. It's not us getting in trouble. It'll be PC's Sean Shapiro and his buddy Murray Campbell. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. So you've uh, planned on, you know, you're late for work and you rush outside. You've got the coffee in your hand and you open the door and you go, holy Jesus, where's my car? Happens. Happens it, it, way more often it, it, than it we certainly, like. It certainly does. So my, my watchmaker lost his Lexus a couple of years ago and uh, my brother-in-law lost his uh, SUV a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so you know more than one car that's been stolen. More than one. And, you know, I've heard many more stories over the years, but it, it happens and it's, and it's happening because uh, keys are, uh, are wireless now. And uh, I know two guys who could tell us all about the number of cars that are getting stolen and hopefully some tips on how to prevent that happening. PC Sean Shapiro, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, well, I drive an old beater, so they don't want to steal mine. I'm okay. And you've got I Sergeant do. Murray Campbell beside you? I, he, he is elsewhere, but also on the line. <laughs> Hello, right, Alan. Cool. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Murray. How are you? Very good. All right, Sean. Hot tips. Well... Tips to get to, to reduce the chance of theft. There's a, there's a bunch of them. You could drive cars that nobody wants, uh, or you could look at things like ODB2 uh, uh, sensor blocks, or at least port blocks, uh-huh. uh, kill switches. There's all sorts of options, but parking in a well lit area uh, is also a good idea. Uh, even uh, physical uh, barriers like uh, the good old club from the uh, 80s and 90s. That's anything that makes your vehicle harder to steal. You know, it might pre- present a situation where someone decides to steal someone else's. Now, obviously, these are things you have to think about prior to. I mean, otherwise, uh, it's too late. So, you know, you, you you do have to go buy a club, and they're not terribly expensive, right? No, they're they're old technology, and they're easily uh, easily purchased these days, thankfully. And, and when you watch the video, they are stolen so fast. Like, so so maybe quickly, um, Sean, do you want to explain how they do it electronically? How they steal it? Well, there's a number of different ways that uh, the bad guys employ to uh, to steal your car. Basically, your car is a computer on wheels. They're high tech, and the the thieves have become high tech too. So uh, they can go in and uh, you know possibly get copies of keys made using your VIN number, uh, possibly using your ODB two to to program another uh, key fob to pretend it's your key and and drive away. But there's also things that are called relay thefts where. Uh, folks will, uh, or bad guys will come up to your door with an antenna and basically take this sensor or read the keys that are inside your house and then send it over to the laptop that's next to the car to get into your car and drive away. So we see all sorts of different ways of doing it, and there's a number of ways you can prevent that as well. One of them is to uh, get a uh, RFID blocking pouch for your keys or box. Uh, I know that uh, uh, 
222 tips our, our crime stoppers folks are doing a promotion where they're selling boxes that you can store your keys where bad guys can't read them so there's a, there's a bunch of different ways but nothing is perfect and if someone really wants your car unfortunately they're going to get it so i guess what the, they used to talk about the level of protection right and you just have to keep adding to it yeah, I mean, it's cumulative. So uh, if, if there's, there's folks that are putting in uh, kill switches as well, uh, so that even if uh, they get into your car and, and uh, program a key, they, stay, they have one more step, one more thing, and maybe that creates that delay long enough for someone to notice something going on, call the police, and, uh, or, or make a rocket and scare them away. Well, like it's, and again, it's usually just the, the ease or the opportunity. You know, it's like uh, it's just as easy to steal a car that's running in front of Tim Hortons rather than have to go mess around with someone else's car. So well, same same kind of thing. So if they had to come by your house, see a brand new Lexus, but it's got a uh, a club on it, they're just going to pass by. They're not going to waste time there, right? That, that is certainly the hope. And something to think about is that unattended vehicles, which you talked about in front of Tim Hortons, a lot of people run in to get a coffee, leave their car running. Uh, you know, the keys may not be in it, uh, but it's running. The doors are open. They get in, they take off. And until they turn off the car, uh, that car is going to continue to run. So always turn off your car, lock your car. Uh, whenever you can. And, you know, Brian's is a, a big proponent of cars that have three pedals. And I've heard that a lot of people thinking that, well, it's, it's a stick and nobody knows how to drive them, so nobody's going to steal it. Is that a bunch <laughs> of hooey or what? It, it, it's interesting. It's basically to make it death proof uh, for, for millennials. Yeah. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but it, it may not be uh, absolutely perfect. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely a rise where we're seeing more cars being stolen, and then a lot of that goes to the fact that they're hard to find, and, and uh, there's people who want to pay for them. So uh, the, the the risk is there, and you got to take the steps to uh, to keep it. Uh, I saw an interesting video on YouTube where the chap decided or suggested taking out the uh, the relay for your uh, uh, for your ignition system or your fuel pump. What might be the best way to do it? Because bad guys probably don't have spare parts on them. No, exactly. And that is, there's no question about that. But, you know, in, in all the instances I've seen uh, of these kind of thefts, Sean, what, what happens is, is, you know, people are accustomed to leaving their cars outside. And, and you know, they're, they're not putting them in the garages. And, and, you know, I live in midtown Toronto, and, and I hear about these stories on all the different apps and all this stuff. And people are getting their cars stolen out of their driveways because either they don't have garage space or they don't have a garage. So what we've been talking about, uh, you know, a Faraday box or a, a, a blocker, whether it's a, a bag or a box, that seems to be one solution that prevents um, – thieves from intercepting the, the, the signal, and then, you know, things like the club will help. But are there any other tips you might have? Well, so there are, it's, it's all about reduction, and, our, and, and the relay thefts for using those, those bags or our, uh, uh, Faraday boxes are great, but they won't eliminate. There's still uh, opportunities for bad guys to get it, and that OD, uh, ODB2 port is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of systems that go into place where you can install something to either physically block it uh, or add something into the chain that makes it uh, not possible to use it to make new keys. Um, you know, other things like creating uh, well-lit spaces and, and having video cameras installed is great for recovering or possibly identifying bad guys, but may not prevent the vehicle from being taken in the first place. And just because you put it inside of a parking garage doesn't eliminate the chance they can still get into your car. And we've seen high-end video, uh, vehicle thefts that take place in the house. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's, wow. uh, it's, it's scary stuff. All right, um, got to run. PC Sean, thank you very much for joining us today. 
All the best. My pleasure. Now, uh, you got your website, too, or where can people find you? If you want to find us, we actually do a lot of social media. You can watch us live from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, all across social media, YouTube. Uh, but you can get us at Traffic Services. And uh, Sergeant Campbell and I uh, do the, the morning show where we answer your questions live about traffic uh, safety and traffic law. That's great. Appreciate both of you taking the time. And we'll get you back on again sometime. We'd love, we'd love to. Take care. All right. Take care. This is Dave's Corner Garage. And after the break, we're going to be talking to Christine about her electrical experience. Or not. Bye. You know, it's great when you got a full tank of gas and somewhere to go and something to do, but when you are uh, decided to go electric and you need to fill her up. There's a there's a whole new set of challenges there, Al. You, you know, getting getting a charge on the go is not as easy as uh, going to a fuel station. Christine Lagoski, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm. We're doing okay. So it was an exciting <laughs> experience, was it, to try to find out how to fill it, where to fill it, and how much to put in? <laughs> it was an adventure. Uh, it was an adventure. It was, you know, it was at times it was a little nerve wracking, but I'm, you know. In in the end, yeah, I'm I'm really glad I did it, and um, I found out a lot of good information that um, I wrote about for the Golden Mail. And actually, that wasn't the intent of the article, was it? Well, actually, it was. <laughs> um, oh, I, I thought I did, they just gave you a nice little car and said test out the car, but and the charging experience came sort of secondary. No, I mean the, the whole idea was that I wasn't reviewing the car. I was going to review the public charging infrastructure. Got it. Got it. Uh, right, because I knew the car would be fantastic, uh-huh. and yeah. I'd read all kinds of wonderful things about it. And um, uh, but I had previously had a couple of EVs in, back in 2014, which you know, eight years ago, and I tried to charge them here uh, in my building. Like I live on the sixth floor, so in the building we have a couple of underground outlets in the garage, and I tried to charge a couple of EVs there, like it was a, a 2014 Nissan Leaf, a Ford Focus EV, and I went up blowing circuit because um, <laughs> even though you can do that, it needs to be a dedicated outlet. So you can plug, you can, you can plug an EV into like a, a regular household outlet that you would plug a toaster or a hairdryer, but it, ha- it can't have anything else on it. Like, a, like in this case, it had a sump pump and a heater. So, but I thought by... By now, there should be a, a really good public charging infrastructure out there. And uh, so I set out to, to, to discover what was out there. And, you know, I checked. I did a lot of research. And, I, you know, I talked to Natural Resources Canada, Toronto Hydro, Plug and Drive, and Electrify Canada, and the Atmospheric Fund. And um, so These organizations are already out there set up. Yeah, and you know, and like, and I looked, and I looked at Charge Hub, which is like an EV charger locating app, and there were like 864 level two and level three chargers within 15 kilometers. I live in downtown Toronto, and I thought I'm surrounded. This should be like you know a piece of cake. So um, I, in fact, you know, and I downloaded 12 apps. I wound up you know like with a little more, and I was you know driving around visiting friends, and you know and. Some of them had home chargers, and they offered me, do you, want, do you want a charge? And I'm like, no, 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 I want to do this with the public charging infrastructure. And, um, I, you know, there was one, I knew there was one close to me, and I walked in, I drove in, and um, there, were some, there were some issues because it showed up on one app, but it didn't show up on the app I needed it to show up on. And then I couldn't get reception on my cell phone, and I had to, like, run up to the lobby, and I'm like, you know, um, you know, calling and and um, and I finally did get a hold of somebody, 
um, I, I, and I used my, 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 one of my favorite consumer tricks, which I like to tell people, if you're on hold and you can't get through on the English-speaking line, ask for the French, and you'll get through faster, and all the reps are bilingual. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I did that, and this lovely gentleman, you know, uh, said that, you know, told me what to do. He said, you have to key the serial number of the charger into the search bar on the app, the charger app. Mm-hmm. So I went back downstairs, and I still couldn't get reception. And then, you know, this my, my knight in shining armor, which turned out to be like, you know, a guy was actually wearing an in-park uniform, um, let me use his phone, and I was able to charge. All right, so here, let me back up here. The whole idea is the government wants us to reduce our carbon imprint. They want people yes. to, to, to drive electric cars, uh, except that, first of all, not everybody's a millionaire and, 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 and can have a Tesla on their driveway. And a Tesla charger in and their garage. And a Tesla driveway. So, uh, so they're, they're kind of, they're not, they're not making it here, are they? They're, no, and I mean, th- this, is, this is a problem because there's, um, uh, you know, the apps don't talk to each other. The and there, there aren't enough apps to go around still. Um, there are apps. They don't always work. Um, as, or it's, it's just, like, complicated. Mm. It, 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 I, I, and that's, you know, Christina, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, it seems so confusing as, you know, I don't drive EVs all that much. And, and the, the disparate charging networks and the apps you have to install and the payment methods and everything else, it just seems overwhelming for somebody who is coming into an EV or a plug-in hybrid. I just, I can't imagine. And, and no one's really solved this problem yet. It still seems overwhelming to the new EV driver, don't you think? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I'm sort of, you know, tackling in a couple of stories for the Globe and Mail, um, because it shouldn't be this hard. It should be a lot easier. It's a barrier for a lot of Canadians. And if they want more Canadians to adopt EVs, they have to realize that um, a third, according to the 2016 uh, census, a third of Canadians do not live in single family homes, therefore do not have access to home charging. So you need to, you know, beef up the public charging infrastructure so that it's, 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 it's easier to use, it's consistent, and people can feel more confident because that's the only way they're going to, they're gonna, you know, get on board with, with electric vehicles. All right, where do we see your articles the next one time comes out? I'm not sure. In a couple of weeks, um, you know. You post uh, online at all? Sorry, dear? You post online at all? Uh, yes, I do. It's the Globe and Mail, so you do have to, you know, have a, subscri- a subscription to the Globe and Mail because it's only online for the drive for the car section. Okay, but it's well worth the money, as I can, you know, vouch. So, uh, all right, we yeah. got to run. I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, an easy bake oven. You don't need a dedicated circuit. Okay. Excellent. I'm uh. glad you told me that. <laughs> and then, and then it would be a piece of cake, right? <laughs> But I'm Bob, second dad joke of the day. Got a rod, Christina. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, dear. We'll have yourself a great weekend. Talk to you down the road. Bye bye. Okay. This is Dave's Corner Garage and uh, bad bad dad joke day. (laughs) We'll be right back. You know, at the top, we were talking about two policemen in the city and then that cars are getting stolen. The problem is that there's not a whole lot of dealer inventory, so people are opting for used. And even the used cars dealerships don't have a whole lot. So they're opting for the dangerous method. They're buying from curbsiders. John Carmichael, how are you? Good morning, Al. How are you today? 
I'm okay. So some horrible stories, I guess. Well, we're yeah, we're hearing them regularly. It's uh, and it's it's a situation as you mentioned is provoked by a a market of shortage of product and people sort of uh, I guess you'd say desperate to uh, to find that right set of wheels. So they're compromising on their values and buying privately, which can lead to a lot of trouble. How often do people just automatically think the government's out there to protect them? I mean. You know, like we've talked about, it's way easier to do the homework beforehand than try to figure it out after the fact, eh? Well, that's so true. We uh, at OMVIC, um, as you know, Al, we have uh, a website set up to address those issues for consumers. And really, we encourage people, do your homework before you go shopping. Go to the OMVIC website, and I'm sure there are other other. Uh, areas where you can uh, you can go to find best information on best practices and so we encourage people to come to our website find a registered dealer who is a legal dealer to sell a vehicle in ontario and uh, and check out our best practices site for information on how to buy a car just in the event you haven't done this in a number of years it's a major purchase and we're there to help and even if you don't read so good, um, yeah, they got videos there. What what the classrooms? We've got everything. We've got uh, lots to, to assist in, uh, and it's fun too. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, your own show is fun and for and enthusiastic, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we like to consider our website. That uh, there are some videos that will help you understand real issues, and um, and we do it in a fun way that uh, that promotes. Uh, safe car buying. Yeah, you know, Steve's always looking for stuff to send us, and he sent us this great article about somebody who uh, thought he had gotten rid of his car. He certainly, he released his car to somebody, and uh, the the ownership wasn't transferred, and uh, he's responsible, eh? Well, he is responsible, and he's got to be very, very careful. And if it isn't just the ownership, it might be a lien that's outstanding on that vehicle. Uh, if you're trading a vehicle to a to another buyer, uh, make sure that any debt that you have on that car is paid off. Uh, that can also rear its ugly head year, a year later, and uh, and you'll find that you've got not only debt perhaps on your on the car you you've just recently purchased, but the one you traded in that was never cleared. And uh, and banks and financial institutions, as you know have very little uh, patience for that sort of thing, and they will come after you for that debt. And when it comes to selling a car, John, what, what are some ways that, uh, that somebody who's selling a car can protect themselves to make sure that the, the loop is closed and, and they're protected so that you know, the car doesn't accumulate um, you know, storage charges in a, in, a, in a storage yard or whatever the case is? What can consumers do? Well, I, I think as a consumer, uh, I mean, obviously... Now, my recommendation is you buy from a registered dealer, so you sell to a registered dealer. Uh, the the prospect of making a few extra dollars to sell your car privately uh, can be fraught with loop, with uh, with uh, potholes, let's call it, and um, and that's a problem. I I recommend you know talk to a, a registered dealer, get some pricing on your vehicle to make sure that uh, you're comfortable with with what that vehicle is worth, but most importantly. Clear the liens, and you do you do that through the transaction, uh, but make sure that any debt on that car is cleared. Uh, you've got uh, likely a history on that vehicle as far as any damage, so any disclosures that are required 
you're in a position to provide those, whether the car's been in an accident. Is the uh, odometer reading accurate? And uh, when you when you transfer that vehicle ownership to another or to a buyer, make certain that the information, the disclosures that are on that car are accurate so that it can't come back at you at a, at a future date. I think, too, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, when you're throwing around the numbers, you're, you're just doing that. It's not in stone. In other words, the dealer is happy to negotiate. I mean, he wants to make a deal, right? Absolutely. Um, and dealers do negotiate. We know that. Whether it's a, a large franchise dealer or a, an independent dealer or a used car dealer, uh, everybody negotiates. Uh, some places have fixed pricing, but uh, most importantly, um, you know, before you take delivery of that car, you have to sign a contract. And if you don't have a signed contract, both by the dealer and by the buyer, uh, that contract will be voided. And um, you want to make sure that those numbers uh, on that contract, on that bill of sale, are what you are expecting, everything accurately displayed as you uh, would expect. Additionally, uh, we, as you know, are... Uh, tremendous advocates of the legislation that brought in all-in pricing mm-hmm. in 2010. So when a vehicle is advertised, uh, it has to include all prices, all elements of the cost of that vehicle uh, in the bill of sale, and the only extras that can be added are HST and license. And so even the OMVIC fee of $10 is, is uh, in the uh, price of the vehicle and would be in the advertised price. So you want to be sure that you're getting what you, you're buying and that uh, you're absolutely convinced of, uh, of the cost of that vehicle before you sign that document. And, and I mean, it's an obvious one, but it, it takes time. It's an exciting time to be buying a new vehicle or newer use. But read the, read the bill of sale, front and back. Make sure that uh, you understand the terms of the agreement. Um, it's an expensive venture, and... You don't want to make a mistake. So go through the document, take your time to read it and understand it, and um, and be comfortable with the terms you're uh, agreeing to. Right. John, with with respect to some smaller dealers, obviously big dealers, it's, it's pretty clear they're, they're OMVIC members, but if somebody's looking at buying a used car from a smaller dealer and wants to verify that they're, they're a legitimate dealer, how can they do that? Go to our um, OMVIC uh, website, uh, Brian, that, that, um, that is where you can find a dealer, uh, and small or large, all dealers in Ontario to sell a vehicle must be registered with OMVIC, and you'll find that uh, there are safeguards built in for that. You can go to OMVIC's consumer support team at consumers at omvic.on.ca, or you can call them at 1-800-943-6002. And get some advice on uh, on the dealer, on the uh, the vehicle, on the uh, the buying process, whatever you need to give you the comfort. But new or, or large or small, all dealers are to be registered in Ontario. And if they are not, they are not a legally selling dealership. And people have to realize too, if there's any kind of bad things that go on, you got no recourse, or almost none, anyways. Well, you have no recourse uh, when you buy privately. Correct. You're on your own. Uh, There is consumer protection uh, legislation Uh that you can go and pursue uh, if you've ended up in a bad situation. But now that puts you into a civil environment where you've got to go to court. Uh, That's no fun for anybody. At OMVIC, 
We have the Motor Vehicle Dealer Compensation Fund, which I like to refer to as our safety net for those who buy from a registered dealer. It provides protection in the event that a deal does go uh, badly. Uh, consumers can approach the fund, can approach our consumer support team, and find out how to appeal to that group. Uh, you place a claim, and that compensation fund, therefore, uh, providing the, the consumer meets the criteria in submitting their claim, uh, is there to support consumers. We are a consumer protection agency first, and that's the important part of what we do every day. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, the, you know, if you sell it privately, of course, you're not taking advantage of that sales tax break, which you'd have to be paying on the other side. And, and as I mentioned, too, you can certainly ask the dealership for more money and say, you know what, I've seen the cars out there and people are getting a bit more, and he may be hungry enough to, to sweeten the pot by 500 bucks. And at the end of the day, you know, everybody's happy. They've sold a car, you bought a car, and you have protection. You, you can't buy that. No, it, it, it's comfort, right, at, uh, to know that what you're buying is right. Um, and the other thing, and you know this, Al, um, you're in the business that uh, if, if you're buying a car privately or through a dealer, take it to your technician, take it to a, a, a reputable tech who can look under the hood, can look under the car, make sure the odometer is what it says it is, make sure the damage is... Uh, fully disclosed if there is any that has happened to that vehicle over the life of the previous ownership. Um, you, you want to be comfortable and know that you're driving a safe vehicle when you leave that dealer uh, facility. And if you're buying privately, as we say, uh, take time to uh, have the vehicle looked at. If, if, for example, when you're buying privately, that uh, the seller doesn't want you to take it to a, a registered technician, you may have a problem. <laughs> I just heard about one where they took the car and never came back. But that's another story for another day. John, thank you very much for joining us. OMVIC.ca. OMVIC.ca. Call us. We'll be happy to help. All right. Take care, John. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to be back after the break. We're going to be talking to Greg McPherson about the 7th Annual Motorama. It's not only on Sunday, 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 but it's actually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back. And we are back. Quick reminder to uh, visit davescornergarage.com. It's the last few days to enter the contest for a set of triangle tires that Glenn Allen Motors is going to install. Maybe Al himself will install them. I'm not quite sure. And uh, there's also a crown treatment in that prize as well. So go to davescornergarage.com. We have Greg McPherson from Motorama with us. How are you, Greg? Excellent. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Greg, so it's been a couple of years since Motorama uh, has been here in the city, and uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. You got a big show planned. Starts next Friday, April 29th, Runs all weekend, and that's at the International Center up by the airport. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. So uh, as you know, we were shut down uh, before we could finish the show in March of 2020, and uh, we're just so excited that we're able to put it on again uh, next weekend at the International Center. And uh, a lot of people seem excited too. There, everyone's just happy to be able to get back to doing the things they want to do, and. Uh, the floor plan is jammed. The you know, just amazing cars are coming. We're, we're kind of in the position now where we're getting some incredible cars show up that would like to be in, but uh, we, we need a shoehorn to get them in. It's just uh, <laughs> during the last two years, people built some amazing cars and they want to show them off. Yeah, well, that's a that's a good problem to have. You're going to have uh, something like 400 cars on display or vehicles on display. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, with our show, there's several zones to it, like different themes and the different rooms, kind of. So, yeah, when you put it all together, it's I think it's over 400. So uh, 
the main hall in Hall 1. I've uh, got 28 incredible, mostly, I think, first-time shown cars. Um, they're just spare-no-budget you know, builds that are just something to see. So that's what you see when you first walk into the show. Uh, the next area you walk into is the racing zone. So that's jammed with racing vehicles of all kinds, like great uh, support from the drag racers, uh, short tracks, stock car people, and road racing. So in addition to seeing those vehicles, there are a lot of tracks and series and suppliers in there. Um, so people can get ready for the racing season, pick up schedules, that type of thing. Um, the next big area is Hall 2 with the high ceiling. Several features are in there, so I think we've got about 20 clubs all represented with different types of vehicles, so each each has a selection of their cars in there. Uh, that also has the uh, Rams of Ontario Truckorama feature, which is really taking off. It's just all different types of trucks, which is obviously a very popular you know, form of uh, the automotive industry right now, and people are passionate about it, so we've got some wild, you know, lifted trucks and trucks of all kinds. And what else is in there? Oh, the tuner room. So the Spring Fever tuners, modified imports, that's that's in Hall 2 as well. Um, we've got our main stage in there. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, awards presentations and uh, interesting panels taking place. That's in there. And then moving into the back room, we call it Mayhem in the Back Room, presented by Zare. Um, that's kind of its own little world where it's like walking back into the 50s with the uh, classic cars and it's like a rockabilly room bands and barbers and tattoo artists and just yeah so just put it all together and you got about 400 really neat cars wow you really cover everything there. yeah I, I was thinking about sending al down for a tattoo I was gonna yeah, say, well, <laughs> and I was going to get you a haircut. <laughs> but you, you, all doable. You do cover the gamut. Oh my God! It's like you go from happy days to grave digger. You know, um, well, and and yeah, I mean we, road racing. We do, have, we, yeah. do, we do have a monster truck, and and racing is a big part of the show. So our core business throughout the year, we we put magazines together. So Inside Track Motorsport News and Inside Motorcycle. So. We used to do a smaller show, and then as a racing-only show at the, the International Center, and about seven or eight years ago, they gave us the opportunity to take over the main custom car and hot rod show, and we did, And but we've incorporated our racing show into that, so that's close to our hearts, and uh, racing will always be a big part of our show. But you you cover like three generations of age groups here, right? Or, or more, or I more. think. Or yeah. more, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, no, absolutely. So, like, on Friday, we call it Students' Day, and we're getting an amazing response. So the, all the kids who are in sort of their shop or automotive classes at school, um, I guess they, they go to their teachers and bug them a little bit and say, hey, rather than sitting in a class on the Friday, can we go to the show and learn some stuff? So we've got colleges there and, you know, people, racers who are engineers. And so it's kind of neat that the students come, and they come in buses. Like, I think it's probably going to be like 50 or 60 buses full of kids from schools all over the place. And they can get exposed to, you know, whether it's a hobby they want to get involved with or something that could turn into a career. So, uh, and, and then the other thing is we're, we've always got to think about the future of the industry. And so you've got to get young people engaged. So that, that's a big part of what we do at the show and especially on the Friday. Yeah, in in, uh, in all the stories I do about uh, about the automotive world in uh, in you know Ontario and in Canada, there's such breadth and depth to the 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 automotive uh, industry, and then the passion for you know wh- you know whether you're tuning or racing or whatever this. There's so many things to learn. So you know, for for me, if there are kids out there who are interested in cars, this is a great place to go and and learn something and and meet some people that can maybe point them in the right direction. No, there's so much about of that, and the, the older people realize too that, that for things to continue, they've got to you know there's got to be new blood. So everyone's all really engaged in that, and uh, 
car people and racing people are interesting. Like a pe- they might have their core interest, the thing that they love or are focused on, but they're receptive to other things. You know, you scratch a car fan and they like racing and vice versa. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, a bit of everything. And uh, you, you can come, and it's, it's a, you know, I think we're like 350,000 square feet. So there's a lot there. You can spend a day, and no matter what you like, you'll, you'll see a bunch of it. And for, you know, for, for people that have spent hours and, and nights and weekends, you know, re, rebuilding a car from scratch, they're usually so proud of it, and they're more than happy to share the information that they've gained over the years in terms of where to find parts, where to find information. You know, you can't Google everything, right? Especially right. if it's from so, an 80-year-old guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, Google, pres- what's that? Our presenting sponsor of the show this year is uh, eBay Motors. And mm-hmm. so they're there, and they can help connect people, and they can find out how to uh, you know, find parts and stuff. But uh, it's interesting you mention that. So one of our celebrity guests coming is Bad Chad and his wife Jolene from Bad Chad Customs. Uh-huh. And if... Every night on YouTube, the two of them are on there, and they just try stuff. They're like, oh, we don't know how it's going to work, but here you go. Like, you know, if it works, copy us. If it doesn't, don't do it. But uh, people are always willing to share information and, and uh, try and help, you know, other people catch on and do better. All right, super. So April 29th, 30th to May 1st, uh, easy to get to, free parking. How can you go wrong? Absolutely, and if they just go to motoramashow.com, there's tickets and information there. Just click on Get Tickets at the top of the page, and you can walk right past the line. All right, Greg, thank you very much. Have yourself a great show. Thank you, guys. All right, take care. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're, we're running out of track. we got to get out of here, pay some bills, and then we'll be right back. Yeah. Well, I... Oh, sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to walk on you. No, no, you know what I'm thinking, though. I could ask uh, Greg if anybody's hot rodded an electric car yet. They're out there. I mean, I think Ford is actually selling uh, like a, a drag Mustang that's electric. Okay, the Mustang, and, that Mach E, the, the super premium one. No, that the the actual Mustang, the the regular Mustang oh, with an electric oh, drivetrain. So you oh. you can buy an electric drag Mustang. I, I'm sure you, you know there's six of them or something like that. But they're 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 coming, and there's a, there's a whole tuner crowd to to this as well. And you, know? you, and you pretty much have a blue bow tie on your uh, with your tuxedo, anyways. Well, eh? so, you know, someday. Well, today, anyway. So, you know, today on on my YouTube channel, uh, I've got a review of the Ford Bronco two door. Mm-hmm. And get this, it's got the it's got the most childish name. It's called the Wild Track, and it's got the Sasquatch package. <laughs> yeah. And what what that means, it's very off roady. So, if you visit the Dave's Corner Garage Facebook page. You can find the post there, and there's a link to uh, my review on uh, on YouTube, and it's 16 minutes of Bronco off-road goodness. There are so many different models, eh? Like there, variants, variants. With the, with the Bronco, and, you know, the, there's the two-door, the four-door, the hard top, the soft top. There's two different engines, two different transmissions, different specifications for suspensions. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest thing. If you wanted to buy a Bronco, you kind of need to know, or if not, the, the dealer is going to direct you to what they have in stock. Well, that's funny because a buddy of mine was looking at a Porsche a few years ago, and he said it drove him crazy because Porsche is the same way where they give you the option to change everything. Every, well, and and you know you can you can spend double the money on a, on some Porsches with just options, right? And, and 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 he's going like, just show me a picture of one that I may like, and I'll say, okay, can I have it in, in this other color? But do I need to be able to pick the color of the stitching on the headrest on the left side, and it should complement the right side one or not? Like BS, you know, like oh, they, or it, the color of the light on the. <laughs> when when I open the door, yes. you know, like yeah, the sill plate you can customize the sill plate, so yes. you you can you know you can welcome open the driver's Brian's car. Yeah, welcome to Brian's Porsche. <laughs> sure, why not? 
it's it's a funny time in the in the car business right now. But uh, yeah, I did I did enjoy driving that uh, that Bronco off road, and uh, and that episode was purely shot off road. I, I did zero on the road and uh, got it very very muddy. Had to pressure wash it before I returned it back to Ford. No, it wasn't talking about the capability of your driving, was it? Was that why it was off road all the time? No, 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 no. no, no <laughs> I no. keep her on the pavement. Yeah. Keep her between the lines. Yeah, eh? and then I ended up in the ditch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it by yourself, so make sure it's got a hitch on a, a winch on it because you don't want to get stuck. Eh? Well, th- this one had the the tow hooks. Didn't have a winch. I'm sure you can get a winch option on it at mm-hmm. uh, at the dealer, but it, this had tow hooks. So if you do get stuck, you can get pulled out. And how much uh, is there actual inventory? Let's say somebody sees it and I want to. I, I love it. Can I actually go and find one and buy it? Uh, I think your your best choice right now is is used, and and uh, I think our friends at Young Steel's Ford said that uh, they know what they're getting in advance. So you know, if if you want something in the in the coming months, you can go to them. They'll know what they're getting. Custom ordering one is very difficult right now, but they'll know what they're getting and and uh, be able to articulate which options it has. Certainly, what the price is, and uh, in a couple months' time, you'll have exactly what you ordered. Yeah, I did. I noticed that myself. They showed three lists. They showed a list of what's coming in as it accounted for, what's coming in that may be available for, um, and I guess at the same time, people get tired of it and find something somewhere else. Well, of course. I mean, and and you know, a lot of people are not patient, so they're willing to to pay over market value for some of these things. All right, we've got to thank our guests. We had a great show. We'll probably do another hour, but uh, we do have to run. We want to thank uh, new on the show today, this week, uh, a lot of fun, PC Sean Shapiro and his partner. We had Christina Legowski, a uh, great writer. Check out her Globe, Mail art, Globe and Mail articles um, about electric cars. Um, that is the way it's going to go, but there's a downside of that. There's so many challenges with EVs. You know, I, I drove the same car uh, Christina tested last week and, and figured it out, but it's not easy. It's not easy to drive an EV. I, I don't think she liked the fact it didn't have a rear wiper blade on it either. It didn't, actually. It's true. <laughs> it's true. What were they thinking? And I want to thank John Carmichael, of course, from Omvic, who's always here with great assistance. Uh, you know, is, is as bad as inventory situations are, as we spoke of, um, you know, before you go meet a guy at a Timmy's and, and think you're going to buy a car and get a good one that way, look out. Too many things can go south, for sure. Yeah, best thing people can do is go to Onvik's website and uh, and learn how to protect themselves. Yeah, and um, and then, of course, we've got Motorama coming up next week, and that sounds so exciting, eh? Like, and, and not just roundabout cars. I mean, you got tuner guys there. Racers, you know, drag racers, everything, you know, all the custom cars. And uh, I think it's going to be an exciting show. I think people in Toronto, car enthusiasts in Toronto, are looking forward to, uh, to getting back to car shows. I want to see Al get a tattoo on his uh, <laughs> rear, a bumper. <laughs> I want you to be... Like uh, trucking, it'll say yeah. Not be the trucking Both guys, sides. you know, or the furry, the furry freak brothers. Remember those? Oh no, no, sorry, not for and, me. And on top of it, I mean, if you go to the show, love it, and go, how do I get into it? They've got tool guys there. They've got equipment sources. They got everything. Yeah, whatever, whatever your interest is, they can help you out. All right, I want to thank Carlos, the guy behind the board who always keeps the wheels on. Make sure to get those. Uh, Wheel nuts tightened day eh, after a week or so after you put on the snow tires or, or the summer tires because you don't want to be at the side of the road going, I did feel something wobbling and I wasn't quite sure what that was. Dave's Corner Garage will be next week with another uh, edition of uh, Mayhem here. Steve, say goodbye. Get a tattoo. <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks again. Great and, being uh, here, Al. And enjoy your trip. I will. Maybe we'll call in from California next week. Who knows? All right. We'll be back next week. Take care. Bye-bye.
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.